Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast by us, the Penny Bloom Podcast. Today, we continue with Season 7, Episode 3, titled The Queen's Justice. It was written by D&D, David Benioff, and D.B. Weiss, and directed by Mark Mylod. I am Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you, and, uh... Got another another pretty solid one on our hands, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's it, it might not be quite what last week was, but it's certainly a step up from the premiere of the season. So I think that yeah. uh, all in all, I'm I'm excited about season seven. I know we're almost halfway now, which is not normal after episode three, um, but I, I am officially excited to to revisit the rest of the season. Yeah, and uh, last episode, great. You know, we had the Cogman. We got D and D here, and I'm not gonna lie, they they definitely improved uh, upon the upon the premiere. That's oh, for sure. Um, and and I guess things are moving now. You know, things have to happen. Things are uh, they. I don't know. Big, very big things go down here. We we Something... do say goodbye to the Tyrell house, which kind of mm. hit me this time. Like like actually every single Tyrell. Yeah, there are no Tyrells left. Gone. Yeah, they are it. gone. Um, uh, High Garden is is the reigns of Castamere. Yeah, uh, that song holds true. Um, yeah, they went the way of the Castamere's, uh, to be sure. Uh, or no, wait, they went the way of the reigns of Castamere. Ah, um, the okay. I guess I, I would have thought that Castamere was the name as well. Um, yeah, no, it was uh, the, the house reign, and their holding was at Castamere, like Starks of Winterfell, okay. Lannisters mm-hmm. of Casterly Rock. Reigns of mm-hmm. Castamere. Um, okay, I dig. Yeah, every I remember, I used to be like obsessed with that song. I used to play it on repeat. Oh, it's so no good! One. It's a really uh, good yeah. song. I it actually, like it. yeah, uh, it is good. It just represents uh, colonization, or you know, not colonization. Uh, just uh, not a soul to hear. Yeah, no, I mean, like it's a it goodie goes. though. Um, it goes, yeah. Um, and you know, Olena does mention it. You know, because it is happening to her. Um, yeah, but she's well aware. Very jumping the gun there a little bit, but I'm just uh, this. I don't know. There's some big, big stuff went down here, uh, and and the like. Usually, the war is, is not what entices me uh, in, in Game of Thrones, but like this was actually pretty cool. Like the, oh the no, t- yeah, like the the strategies and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a lot oh, of yeah. fun to keep up with, and uh, something that I'm realizing that I think season seven does a little better than its uh its successor in season eight is that that the the big critique is it's fast it's too fast it's so fast i think season seven does a little bit more with its attention to detail yeah as far as 
we're going to develop shit quick, but there's going to be little shit in scenes where we're moving it along that indicate what's coming. Um, and there's, there's a couple here that I, I really, really enjoyed. Um, Oh yeah. But, uh, we'll, we'll definitely, we'll definitely get into it. Uh, Are you ready to begin Mm -hmm. a scene by scene breakdown starting in King's Landing? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the parade through the streets. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a damn shame. We see Euron parading the captives, Yara Greyjoy, Alaria and Tyene Sand through the streets of King's Landing, reveling in his victory all the way to the Red Keep and, uh, the crowd pelt Yara, the crowd pelt Yara, Alaria. Those are hard names to say right back to back. Um, and Tyene with rotting fruit and, Impressed with his gift, Cersei agrees to an alliance with the Lord and uh, praises him as a true friend of the crown. Mm-hmm. And Alaria spits at Cersei's feet while Sir Gregor Clegane is present among the Queen's Guard. And when Euron demands his reward, Cersei responds that he will get it once the war is over. And Cersei appoints Euron as the commander of her naval forces and her brother Jaime Lannister as the commander of her armies. And despite the fanfare, Jamie is privately hostile towards Euron and tells the Lord of Pike that his head belongs on a spike. And uh, got a little Dr. Susie there. Um, <laughs> hey, yeah. Oh, hello, was... Lord of Pike. Your head belongs on a spike. Um, wow. It'd be kind of, imagine a, a an entire Game of Thrones episode where the dialogue your blood is it will run red like... whenever you are dead. You know, like uh, that that sort of thing. Um, but uh, uh, I need I need the crossover now. Um, yeah, let's get it. Um, but Euron's like, uh, you know, I need a little advice, a little brotherly advice. Uh, now that you're my brother-in-law, I love that he emphasizes that. Like, he's like, I need, a, I need a little brotherly yeah. advice. How does she like it? Gentle or rough? Oh, um, Jamie did not like this. Uh, a, he, uh, a finger in the bum. Yeah. He says, um, he did, did not like that one bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the secret's out. And again, later on, Cersei doesn't even care. Anymore. Fuck. Uh, yeah, this, I don't know. You're on, he's, say what you want about him, but at least he brings a little bit of spice, uh, to the show. You know, he, he spices things up, that's for sure. Uh, oh, and frankly, so, here's my thing is that I think one of the reasons I didn't like Euron, I mean, like, I don't like Euron. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. He's, he's not, a, he's not a, frankly, they upped his costume design like crazy this week. Mm-hmm. looks so much better than he did in the premiere. I, it's got me wondering what the fuck happened there. Um, I, I I obviously don't like Euron, but I think one of the premiere reasons I didn't is because in previous watches, I've liked Jamie. Mm. Yeah. And this time around, I, I, I like... Don't. Yeah. We're, we're almost halfway through season seven, and he shows these... You know, he shows mercy to to Olena a little bit. Mhm. Yeah. But it, it's not it's still not I don't I still don't fuck with him. And like it's it's blowing my mind how delayed his redemption arc is. Um Yeah. Yeah, they really went for that at the buzzer. It's seeming like um cuz when does Yeah, I mean, wow, it is it is they're waiting uh, it is. They're taking. The I mean, it's the end there. of season seven when he leaves King's Landing to go north go after he hears go. about it. Yeah. yeah, like he's. Wow. I'm pretty sure that's a cliffhanger for the end of season seven for him. Um, hmm. So his okay. redemption arc is limited to 
five episodes um, before he goes back on it. But again, this episode even provides us a little bit of that. And we'll get there, but he, it provides us a little bit of that insight as to why it was never going to last. But, um, but yeah, later on, Cersei confronts Alaria and Tyene in their cell, and uh, they're both gagged and chained to to opposing walls. And accompanied by the Mountain Kyber, and Cersei remembers Oberyn Martell's showdown with him, and uh, you know she she recalls his head exploding and how Alaria screamed and screamed, and she she dubs that. The, the sound of true love, yeah. that scream. Um, oh, man. Yeah, this scene was, I mean, all around, everyone was going hard on this scene, uh, performance-wise. Yeah, um, uh, this, this is where I got mine. Yeah, this is, and, and I saw, and I was, I was about, like, that was my gut, just because, oh, my God, uh, she did do insane. I know people don't know what we're talking about, but I wanted to, to spread the love and give the opposite, like, the opposite side of this scene. Um uh, for Lena Headey, for me, and then yeah, and Dira, like Dira Varma for me, yeah, yeah. In the you know, Sir or Lena Headey, she also had like the throne room. She has the she has her and oh, yeah. Like I, I, I really went off the back of one Maybe. scene here, but um, probably the perform. I mean, like the best. Per- I mean, Lena yeah. Headey. That's just that's just kind of what she does, you know. But I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to use that as an excuse not to give it to right. her. Oh no, for sure. I think so, but yeah, this this scene was. Oh man, I knew, I knew. We, we literally talked about it last, uh, last again. Episode. Another oh. one where it's just like, yeah, that's gonna like. I feel like some of the stuff we're talking about would be spaced out two episodes normally, and yeah. now, now it's, it's just, every bang, episode bang, bang. that yeah. we get to the next thing, and uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy it. You know, I think that something this season does better is that quick pace because. Mm-hmm. I think it finds a lot of its justification much more succinctly. Stuff doesn't seem out of nowhere. Um, yeah. And, like, they are at war now. It's not like they have time to really just sit and meander and, and think about things. It, I mean, they, they do have to act fast on their feet. So, like, it, it does make sense that the, the pace is sped up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, but, yeah, it, the, no, I... Uh, I, I was know. I was blown away by Andira Varma here as mm-hmm. Alaria as yeah. uh, you know she fights with her her shackles and you know Cersei continues to prod saying you know uh, t- talking about Oberyn's fearsome skill with the spear no one was as good as him no one was as beautiful and you know mm-hmm. he, he even even Sir Gregor couldn't stop him here and uh, you know she was like so I I really 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 thought about what we were going to do to get revenge for my daughter's death, what I was going to do to your daughter. You know, I was like, I could, I could crush her head and just leave her here for you. But that seems, that seems wasteful, Mm -hmm. um, too quick. Um, you know, (laughs) there's, there's all sorts of stuff I could do. Um, and she's like, so and she she goes up to Tyene and grabs her face and is like, "That's too much for this pretty little face." Yeah. And then smooches her real quick. And the immediate, immediate realization. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, knowing exactly what's going down. Yeah, this. Uh, oh, man, Cersei that's... is really really good at torturing. Um, yes, <laughs> psychologically, uh, oh, this yeah. one, this one's brutal. Uh, even. 
and I understand that she she like has to have like Tyene can't have a gag on during this so that she can kiss her, mm-hmm. but leaving the gag off for like an extra second while Tyene goes, "Mama." It's the last thing her mom's ever going to hear her daughter say. Um, that's fucking terrible. It's oh, <laughs> fucking God. hellish. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seriously, like, just what she's saying. She's like, oh, I bet after you killed my daughter, you felt powerful, huh? Mm-hmm. How powerful do you feel right now? You know, like, I love the trope of, like, uh, someone being chained up and then the person in power or the torture or whatever standing, like, right where the ends would be. You know, like, she knows mm-hmm. that, like, she can't be touched um sort of thing and like just getting in her face um i i don't know i i love that it's and you know it's just a single torch that's lighting or maybe two mm-hmm. torches that that's lighting this and she even is like yeah uh have guards change these torches every few hours so she doesn't miss a thing and i'm like oh my god you you just think of everything huh this is yeah. really your bag like you everything this is her entire life now um mm-hmm. is getting brutal yeah. revenge on her enemies um yeah oh my but god i i was blown away by indira varma especially whenever you know uh they they leave or they're about to leave and cersei says something about how you know you're going to watch your daughter's beautiful face crumble into bone and dust um if you refuse to eat we will we will force food down your throat <laughs> um we're gonna Ooh. do everything we can to make sure you watch this. And it, it calls back to the, uh, after Marcella's death, what Cersei had been contemplating about how she, she can't help but imagine, uh, mm. her little, her little girl's face collapse in on itself and everything, mm-hmm. like all that. And Jamie kind of going, you can't do that. And he's like, I, she's like, I know, but I do, you know, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And like, Cersei even says here, uh, like, I, I, I can't really sleep, or I didn't really sleep at night. I don't know, something like that. Like, I don't really sleep. I, I just imagine what I can do to my enemies. She's like, what? She's like, how I can, I, I forgot what she says exactly, but it's just like, like, it's the only thing that she is thinking of, like, sort of thing. Uh, like, like, she fantasizes about, um, destroying her enemies in any way she possibly can. And it's mm-hmm. just, God damn. I mean, yeah, she's she's full blown villain now. Um, yeah. No, they're doing they're doing everything they can and this like I this season post sept b- blowing up. I'm like, okay. Now I get why people hate her. You know, like I'm like Yeah. <laughs> and, and I now, now I recall why I did, you know, like <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. No, she's uh, she's brutal. She she's uh, terrifyingly uh good at what she does. Mm-hmm. And Lena Hetty performs her ass off there. Um Yeah, because But yeah, that that last like little this, uh nothing like this scene that gets you horned up and just wants to, you know. Like that that's no, yeah, yeah. I love the of just absolute torture in like just seeing a mother and daughter go through this painful ass moment together and it's like, "Oh my god, that that was that was tough. And, and then, then just like, I'm going to go suck Jamie's dick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And great I, I, I was thinking, I'm like, maybe she knows he's about to leave and like go, you know, to high garden, command the armies, blah, blah, blah. So maybe this is like her way of being like, all right, uh, you're happy now. Goodbye. Go take high garden um, sort of thing. But, you know, I think this is just, uh, she does what she wants now, you know? Oh yeah. Like, no, for and, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's 
Jamie, you know, Jamie being like no at first, but then he's like, uh, uh, okay. okay, yeah, and he's that's like, fine. Oh, all right, uh, it's uh, it. I hope they're not trying to like equal the score here, you know, with like no. A, a no at first because it's not, not at all in the no. same way. Um, and but yeah, that's that was my only kind of worry. Um, but no, nah. yeah, it's always always weird just seeing them kit like kiss and stuff even like it's i I know they're just actors and i know they're not brothers yeah they're not related but they're related you know it's just weird um yeah just weird but uh yeah they wake they wake the next morning following an incestuous night um to answer the door for a servant um and jamie contests like uh no you can't uh you can't do that um and she's like, I'm the queen. I can do whatever the fuck I want now. We're good. And uh, gets to the door. And she says that she has a visitor from Bravos. Um, before looking over at Jamie and going like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, okay, we, we've, heard, we've heard the rumors, but okay. There it is. Like, Cersei's like, yeah, also, we're going to need new sheets. Yeah. Yeah, we, we fucked. Um, you know, just, uh, a way of, uh, another way of saying it. Um, yeah, yeah this, I don't know. It is, I, I forget, because Cersei, she is pregnant, right? Again? Does she get pregnant again, or am I, am I just... Yes, I think this is, this, this is... the night? I believe this would, so. This would be the night where it happens? Yeah, for, I, I kind of forgot that she was, she got pregnant again. I mean, the, the baby's never born, right? She dies pregnant, or no, is she there... pregnant. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, damn. Yeah, they... Prophecy rang true. You will have three kids. They all will die. Not a, not a single one more. Mm. Even... Almost, but... Almost. Yeah, almost anyway. close, but no cigar. Am I right? Uh, but, uh... Yeah. Yes. After there, uh, Cersei meets with Tycho Nestorus. Uh, we... we... I recall we were like, do we see the Iron Bank of Bravos? We see the representatives from mm-hmm. the Iron Bank of Bravos, but not the bank itself. Um, right. Who offers, you know, his condolences for the loss of her son, Tommen, um, and her, his congratulations for her ascendance to the throne. Being the first queen of the Seven Kingdoms is no small feat. And yeah, uh, yeah it'd be, you know, ah, oh, the sept blowing up was a tragic accident. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah. For sure. No, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah we, had, we understand. Um, but sometimes things are necessary to take power. And she's still even yeah. like, ah, like not fully admitting to it. It's like, pretty sure everyone knows. Yeah, everyone no, it, knows. It, Even fucking Hot Pie knows. Up at the crossroads, bro. Hot Pie was up there like, I hug Queen Ceci, blow up the sept. You know, like, uh, like that's... True. Yeah, that is true. I didn't, I didn't think... Yeah, it's... I mean, come on. An accident... I don't know about that one when everyone, but yeah, I think anyone in the seven kingdoms can put the two and two together. Um, so yeah. I forgot about hot pie, even though, and that is funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. I heard the queen blew up the sept, uh, but it, 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 this is a good scene too. Uh, Lena Hetty continues to put on here. Um, mm-hmm. Cersei realizes that the iron bank wants to bet on the strongest faction and comments on so, and, Psycho responds, you know, we don't bet. We simply bet. Um, yeah, we don't bet. We fancy, fancy words, fancy, fancy words, bet. Um, 
and I, I don't know. I love how every now and then he's like, you are your father's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I think he says it like two or three times. He's like, wow. Yeah. Uh, your father is- also got straight to the point. Your father also. Da, da, da. Yeah. Like it's uh, mm. very, very clear who she takes after. But uh, oh, yeah. For the time being, Cersei tells Tycho that Lord Euron controls the seas. Um, and he, she also convinces Nestoros to side with the Lannisters by denouncing Daenerys as a revolutionary rather than a monarch. Uh, you know, she she's like, I bet that you guys had invested quite a deal, great deal in the slave trade over in Essos, and I imagine you don't like the Daenerys. Um, yeah, what a what a way! Like I heard, you know, you put uh, you put a lot of stock uh, into uh, slaves and uh, making money off of humans. Yeah, yeah, I bet that that, that sucks now. That slavery is not a thing. I, it's just a crazy sentence to like treat it as like a stock market thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. This, I mean, she her convincing like because he comes in being like, yeah, we we bet on the winning side, and right now Cersei does not look like it at all. I mean, I bet she tells him like we plan on taking Highgarden. They have mm-hmm. a shit ton of gold. Like yeah, we got one hundred percent. Like this is it. That's um, that's why they take High Garden is so mm-hmm. they can pay off yeah. the Iron Bank, um, mm-hmm. and food. I'm assuming. Yeah, food, um, food helps. Is it? Bec- I don't. I didn't. They have all the wheat and yeah. grain. I think yeah. is, is. Yeah, I mean High Garden's just. I mean, this was a fucking great ass idea. It's just. I mean, it all in all a win uh, for the Lannisters. Money, a new castle. And killing an entire family and a lot of food. So winter is is here. So they, yes, they are, that is becoming very important. But yeah, this I love Lena Headey all, all throughout this. So oh, yeah, she did incredibly. Um, and uh, Tycho comments one last time to conclude the scene. You really are your father's daughter. Um, mm-hmm. man, yeah, it has been a while since I've given Lena Headey a performance nod. Um. Wow, season five, episode one. Sorry, season six, episode one for me. Um, all the way back there. Um, let's see. Okay, yeah, you, you gave her one in episode eight. Okay, there we go. So yeah, I was gonna say, um, but she's she's still the queen uh, in the show and in performance nods. Uh, she's at seventeen uh, now. Um, yeah, we got a new. Uh, we got the first uh, one in a while. Um, first, yeah. The That's first right. first edition. Uh, don't know who the it would have been. Ian McShane, most recently, probably. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for mm-hmm. for brother Ray. Hmm. Um, yeah. We are now in to Winterfell, where Sansa and Littlefinger learn from Maester Wolken that they have about four thousand bushels of wheat, and Sansa realizes that this won't be nearly enough food for the coming winter. And she advocates building to stockpile for a uh, famine. And Sansa mm-hmm. also orders Jan Royce to see that the armor made for the armies is outfitted with leather to keep them warm. And while walking Littlefinger and Sansa talk about the threat of Cersei. And Peter urges her to fight every battle and look for threats in every corner. You know, anticipate everything. Everyone is your friend. Everyone is your enemy. And nothing will ever surprise you. And uh, Sansa's like, I'm... Here's the thing. I know that that's gotten you really far and that you think you're really smart, but if you can actually tell who your friends and your enemies are, you'll be a lot smarter. 
Yeah, I think it was this a little brand foreshadowing, you know? Like, uh, if you can see everything and think of everything mm-hmm. in your head, see every, you know, at any time, nothing will surprise you. And this is why Bran is completely emotionless, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he is not surprised by a single fucking thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know, it, it was, because, like, I heard it, and, you know, it was... Uh, I love how like Littlefinger is grasping at straws now. Like, like he's he's oh, about yeah. to say something. And he's like, "Oh, you're about to tell me that Cersei, the woman who killed my father, um, my mother, you know, I don't know. I guess like sort of not directly responsible." Well, what's ridiculous like, is at this very moment, the only person in her in her orbit that might be an enemy is him. Like, yeah. wh- what advice do you think you're giving? You, you, you're not like Littlefinger is absolutely grasping at straws. You were right about that, but he's he's doing everything he possibly can to convince her that he is the only one in her corner mm-hmm. um, when he's the only one who isn't. You know, she, um, literally, she's ruling Winterfell. She has went. She is the North on yeah. her side right now, and he's yeah. I uh, I'm only my council is the council that is that is good for you. Meanwhile, she literally just like put leather on armor because it would freeze to their skins if not. Uh, saying mm-hmm. like yeah, let's bring all the food to Winterfell in case we all have to come here for the winter and eat. Uh, because you know they won't have time for that. And then they're like yeah, leading suits you. Uh, like it like command suits you and it's like yeah mm. she's already she's already there she doesn't need any like really any no. more advice no um, even though I, it seemed that she kind of did she kind of did think about it though it, like she was she was very dismissive of Littlefinger, but then after he says this she she kind of like stopped for a moment and was you know i don't know maybe she actually sort of um i mean i, I would assume it's kind of obvious advice you know like if you're a ruler and you just run through the possibilities of what well, can happen. She does take it to heart and it's about him. Ah, okay, she's running through everything. She's like, "Oh, yeah, no, the only bad person around me is you." Uh, is you. Like you are you the later. person yeah. who this advice applies to. Um okay. Fair. Yeah. which makes Littlefinger even giving the advice ironically mm-hmm. stupid. Um, yeah. And he just he falls fast, huh? Yeah. Man. Well, and like he talks about how you can never be surprised. Think of all options. You'll never be surprised by anything. Um, and that's him assuming he's the smartest motherfucker in the room. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, because at the end of the season, I don't know if you recall. He's surprised. He's surprised, <laughs> you know, uh, massively, massively surprised. Um, so yeah, like that's that why one. I'm like, it's, it's just, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a funny <laughs> thing coming from Peter here. Um, but yeah, you can already see Sansa with the gears working on how to get Peter fucking dead, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. but, uh, they're interrupted by a guard who tells Lady Stark that she has received a visitor at the gate. And, uh, mm-hmm. when she, you, you, we get all this build up, the crowd murmuring, everybody get, surrounding Sansa walking up and then laying eyes on her younger brother, Bran Stark, for the first time since season one, episode one. Um, or maybe episode two. Yeah, I guess because he'd be unconscious, 
you know, really just in his bed. If she went yeah. to go visit him in his bed, maybe that's mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. So a while, a long, long Season time. Season one, coming. episode one was the last time Sansa and Bran Jeez. spoke. And even then, I don't know that they spoke directly to each other in that episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, and God, man, I just, it's crazy seeing Bran like this now. Like, it's just, yeah. like, I guess he knows it's coming. Like, you know, he's seen this already, I guess. I don't know. He tells her that it's still fragments and he, he needs to get better at it. Um, I, you know, I don't know if, if like he's truly seen everything right now, um, or everything, but I mean, he does give Sansa some details of a night she would not like to remember. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it seems that, that he is all aware, um, yeah, but yeah, he's like, there. like, uh, when Sansa starts to tear up a little bit, you know, like, I'm like, oh. Like oh man, and I'm like yeah. so I'm I'm like tearing up, and then like I no, just see Bran. I still feel it, but he's st- yeah. hello, Sansa. Yeah, you know he's got the he's got the whole yeah. robot thing going on already. Just um, stare, just blank stare as Sansa hugs him too. Just like nothing, just absolutely nothing from him. Yeah, nothing behind those eyes. But <laughs> um, following a tearful reunion, they they retreat to the Godswood, where Sansa tells Bran how she wishes John were there with them at Winterfell. Bran agrees. He's like, "Yeah, I do too. I really need to talk to him." Yeah, not not that we just want to be together or see each other. Not yeah, that no, he's my I brother, am. and I haven't seen him since season one, episode one. Um, no, I just need to. I need to speak to him. Uh, he's one of the most important people in the entire world. Well, what's even uh, more hysterical is that the revelation at the end of this season with Samwell. Samwell points out to him that Rhaegar and Lyanna were married. Bran, all Bran wants to talk to him about is going, like, he just wants to tell him that he's Lyanna's daughter, or Lyanna's son, not okay. next. He want, he's like, like he, he, I'm pretty sure there's a point when he's talking to Sam later where he goes, he's not Jon Snow, he's Jon Sand, so I need to talk to him. Um, and mm. And Samwell goes, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. You know, like, he's like a, oh, God, oh, fuck, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, I um, guess Brand wouldn't know they were married. He just knows He just knows that the that delivery did come yeah. from Liana. Okay, that is, that is, fit. wow. Not all knowing. You couldn't go back a little bit and check on Liana, you know, and, like, yeah, see that she was happily married, Brand. I don't know. <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, yeah, that's but, the thing, is that he doesn't just know everything. He has to go see everything. True. So it's yeah. like a... I guess that's it's, the, it's the important bit of information and, there. And that's where he's saying, like, you know, it's fragmented. I, I can't see it all. I have to, mm-hmm. like, I have to go and find it mm-hmm. and everything. So, you know, there, the, these are the examples of the little details that I I think really tie this season together in comparison to uh, next season, you know? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, this- there was a moment a little bit ago with Peter and Sansa where when they're walking through and Maester Wolken goes, uh, uh, they, they say something about the Ravens and Mr. Mm-hmm. Maester Wolken goes, uh, he, he saves every, he saved every Raven that's ever come through. And Peter like looks at him like, Aww. Oh, okay. I'll remember that. Um, yeah. What does, how does he use that? Um, I was, I was trying to think of how that does to come stoke back. the fire in the Stark sibling rivalry because Sansa wrote to Winterfell when she was captive at King's Landing about how they needed to bend the knee um, 
Ah, Cersei wrote yes. the Winterfell. I, yeah, that that is right. I see. Okay, to get that feud going. Wow, yes. that's how it gets going. That's how he. Yep. The okay. Wow. Um, Sansa doesn't just be like, yeah, that I was completely forced into this situation. Like I like. I don't know. I guess, well, Arya and Sansa are cool, just off. And then they're, yeah, and then they're doing something behind the scenes. So, like, they're, they're putting on so little finger thinks that they're beefing. It's a whole fucking thing. But, uh, following, yeah, after that, you know, after, after that little conversation, Sansa points out that Bran is the rightful Lord of Winterfell now. You know, look at you. Last trueborn son of Ned Stark. You're the, you're the Lord of Winterfell now. And he's like, no. yeah, he's kind of, she's kind of like, fuck, man. Like, John just gave me the North. And, like, now you come back? Like, right now, man? You know? Uh, like, she's like, I kind of was digging this. I kind of was digging leading. Oh, uh, but luckily. Yeah, he's like, luckily he's like, no. Can't be anything. I am nothing. I am nothing. I am the I'm three-eyed, just a raven. three-eyed raven. And she's like, okay, I don't what get that. Can you explain? Yeah. No. Um, it's very complicated. Can you try? You know? I mean, I'm your sister. I don't know. Like, uh, tell me anything. Um, How do you know all this? The three-eyed raven taught me. I thought you were the three-eyed raven. I told you it's hard to explain. Is that a? Uh, is that like a nod to be like this is like a loop? Like the three-eyed raven is always Bran, you know, like sort of thing, or like that is I just another. Thing. I think placing the importance on the three-eyed raven being Bran Stark is overstating it i think that this is pointing out that the three-eyed raven always comes to this like this is this ends up being their personality they know all the same shit they end up the same way so it might not literally be the same person but But, it 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 ends up creating the same person yeah essentially you know yeah like i'd like Um, to say i could keep my emotion but um no. After I know literally everything, I don't know. Like, if I could check in anywhere in the world at any point, even back, you know, in time, like, I can go anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I do become a little stoic. Um, but, yeah, I think that that would change someone quite quite a lot. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I always love uh, the Three-Eyed Raven kind of kind of theories and stuff like that, like a... Uh, it, it it feels like there always has to be um like the the way the world wants to be is like a targaryen in the south at king's landing um a stark in the north and then mm. seemingly the three-eyed raven stays in the north at the wall or north of the wall and and uh like it just it just would be cool like the the starks have the blood of the first men and them um and if well, and that's the thing too fly. is that like you know you pointed out that uh, is does, is this a full is a flat circle thing? Bran is always like he's everywhere. Like that's the thing about Bran after this show. There, there is something to the idea that he pulls every string through history because he has that capability. You know, um, that's something he has every ability to do. Um, yeah, like even though he became the Three-Eyed Raven last season or two seasons ago now, was it in season five? or? It was the end, the end of season of- five. He wasn't end. in season four. That's right. Yeah, so once, even though he became the Three-Eyed Raven, 
he still can affect the past. Or wait, no. He wasn't in season five. He was in season six. I forget we're in season six. Seven, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, even though it did happen after, he can still affect the past. So it has always happened that way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Even though he didn't know it yet. Yeah, it's just a mind. It's just a mind fuck every time I try to wrap my head around it. Um, but it does make sense. You know, I get like, no, it, yeah, it, like... it's hard to explain, as Bran says, but it does make sense for the show. Um, so, um, man, yeah, that is crazy. Is, did he get, get to the throne himself, really? Or, uh, I mean, by him, I guess it would be by himself, actually. I'm saying, like, on, did he actually pull the strings, or was it actually the people saying, like, yeah, no, you should be the one to lead us, um, at the end. But, I guess it is kind of clear, like, who else would you choose? Like out of that group, like no, yeah, I mean it makes that, sense. It makes ooh. a lot of sense. But that's the thing is that had he influenced every single one of those people at some point in their life to think that he would be the right choice, you I know, mean, like that. You get a unanimous panel. Uh, you just put person A and person B. Person A, he knows everything of all time and can change anything he wants. Um, and actually affect history with just by sitting in a chair or by touching a tree or person B um I guess who would be the Edmir Tolly or not Tolly Edmir uh fucking yeah Tolly okay uh or you know I mean that that is a person B or I guess yeah who else is it gonna you know I don't know it's just kind of the person who has the ability to see everything and know everything that could happen and then actually affect it too it's like yeah I mean you're not emotion you know you're not a a natural leader by any sort of the thing, but right. Um, it got you're the most powerful one here. Um, yeah. So I guess it, it makes sense that way, but um, could have been him all along, probably him all along. Um, which is just a mind, just a mind fuck to think about. Mm. Uh, well, that's what's, that's what's bizarre too, is like what cascading events needed to occur in order for him to get there. Does only one thing need to happen in order for all this to like, it's just, it's just bizarre to think about. Like, is there one cascading event that causes all of this or does he have to constantly manipulate stuff or is he able to just go, okay, well, if I pull this string, there's the Mm -hmm. domino effect there. Um, It's like the big things like the night King dying probably had a hand in that i don't know like that's his main that's like the main kind of thing of the three-eyed raven is like protecting everyone from the storm from the winter i'd say um but then yeah after that i'd say he's he's all on his own and he's he's kind of like all right i might as well be king too you know i did this for everybody um yeah i, I don't i wonder because there is no confirmation on how much he has his hand in everything um at all it's just no yeah and i like to think that he doesn't really i like to think that he things just fell the way they fell um but when you have a character with this power and this capability is um, he the lord of light is that how he pulls the strings to make people think it's coming from a divine place you know like that instead of i don't know like is is he like, or just the god? 
you know, sort of thing. It's not just the Lord of Light. He could be the faceless god as well, telling Jockin, because, oh my fucking god, yeah, Arya needs to kill the Night King, so she trains her, or he trains her as a weapon, um, and, and right when, right when she's leaving, I'm going home, you know, he gives that smile, uh, uh, how am I blanking on his name? Jockin. Jockin gives that smile, you know, sort of thing. Like, yeah, you're on your way, uh, sort of thing. And, uh, oh my god, I, I don't know how that hasn't clicked for me yet. Like, how Brand, he is the god. If he is pulling the strings, he's the one, like, this is probably how he would do it, you know, right? Or is 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 it different with a three-eyed raven? Is, is it not like a mind? I guess, yeah, how could he show someone a... a Oh, looking into the flames, they see their future, who has that capability, you know, Bran sees their future, maybe he, like, that's just some way, I don't know, um, huh, I've never, wow, I've, I can't believe I've never gotten to this conclusion before, um, yeah, no, I like, I like that, uh, I like that idea, you know, uh, we've seen that the Three-Eyed Raven has the capability of, uh, showing we if haven't he can seen that he enter has the someone's body and completely control them without them even knowing i i wouldn't say it's too far off for them to put a little message in their head you know be like a little little whispers from the beyond sort of thing um i wouldn't i mean like he completely controlled hodor like i mean complete and hodor had no clue um so like just to, yeah, I don't know. That's, hmm. I feel like, I mean, if there is someone pulling the strings that is real and that's not just a god that we don't see, oh, it would certain, it, it, like he's it the only option in the show. Mm-hmm. Like no, like yeah. Wow. Um, hmm. The three-eyed raven. Lord of Light, Faceless, the God of Death. Who's the other big? Is there another big God? I mean, the Drowned God, the the Seven, the yeah. There's um, yeah. There's a shit ton actually. So yeah, that's like that's why like I, I I suppose that it is interesting to think about in relation to that that I don't know the Greyjoys. And the Lannisters don't really have much of anything to do with that battle against the uh, uh, mm. the Night King. Okay, here's a detail where it maybe falls apart a little bit. He does not have the ability to resurrect people from the dead. At least we don't know that. And Melisandre literally resurrects Jon Snow from the dead. Like, and and if. She does have to channel that power from somewhere. Yeah, like I I don't, it doesn't feel like a three-eyed raven ability there. Yeah, Um, that's fair. That's fair. Unless, unless he's entering John's body, slowing his heart rate down to zero to make him appear dead. No, I'm pretty sure that's a, that's something different there. So, no, that is, that's a different breed to be sure. So yeah, that, that does make it fall apart a bit, but, and frankly, I, I, I prefer that. That's one of the things yeah. about Brand yeah. that I've never, anytime anyone's ever talked about the idea of Brand pulling all the strings, it's always pissed me off that it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like when a character pulls all the strings. It, it annoys the shit out of me. 
I'm like, that's just such a fucking. Mm-hmm. It's it's never satisfying to me. I'm like, I get it. It is what it is. I get that he has the capability. Mm-hmm. I would not like that though. I want it to. I like. I love the idea yeah. of free fucking will. You yeah, know? there's like, no that's, free will there. Yeah, or like unless you have a part to play. If you have a part to right. play, there's no free will for you. If you're just a a random. I mean, who knows? Maybe everyone has to have a part to play. If it has maybe. to be that way, like maybe. Um, but man, huh? Okay. Um, but yeah, regardless, uh, Sansa begs for Bran to explain, and he he can't really, but he does recall details from a night of her marriage to Ramsay Bolton in comments. Mm-hmm. And what's funny to me too, is that like, I know this is uh I know this is like a specific night, but if I was her, I'd be like, I need you to get a little more specific for me. Okay, homie, you're talking about a snowy night in the North where I was wearing a white wedding dress at a wedding. Mm-hmm. I, I think the... Who the fucking thunk? You know, like, I I don't know. Like, I... I think the real is it, like, it, he, he... I think he was he was talking about her wedding night, trying to console her a little bit and be like, you know, that night wasn't all bad. What a beautiful night. You looked great, sort of thing. But in Sansa's mind, it's like, oh, my God, he watched that happen to me. Like, he watched Ramsey and me... You know, like, or that—that's probably what's going through her head. Is like, um, one, she's remembering it, and it—that just sucks enough. And then it's like, oh my god, my brother literally watched as well. Like, the—it's not just Theon, also Bran saw, and Mm -hmm. that—I think that's like why she's like, holy, yeah, I'm—I'm gonna go. Uh, Oh yeah, no, I'm commenting on the general idea of it. Like, I think Sansa, like, this is—does he not specifically say her wedding night? Or he just says, no, I mean, wedding. like, it's it's definitely about her wedding night. I just think that the general, the idea of that being the memory he goes to is so fucking mm-hmm. general. He's talking about a winter night in the north when snow is falling and the bride wore a white wedding dress. You could probably find that in any fucking wedding in the north. Um, yeah. This like, is- that's, that's, I'm like, if, if, Maybe something from King's Landing, maybe something that would be a little less triggering to Sansa, just something that's, you know, um, a little more specific without being so fucking brain dead, unsympathetic. You know, I know he's trying to also, you know, he's, he is trying to be this like, is his attempt to be, yeah, like, yeah, like, like he is trying to be like, it wasn't all bad, like, okay, um, uh, I don't think. The night being, you know, beautiful and the dress looking good makes up for that. No, uh, not at all. Yeah, at um, all. So yeah, and it also does just show how much Bran is disconnected from the reality as it is, even though he's more in touch with everything than anyone else. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a good scene in Winterfell. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, yeah, I dug it quite a bit. I'm like, point out, like, remember what happened in, like, fucking uh, The Veil whenever Peter pushes Lysa out the fucking moon door? He's the, like, nobody else knows that. Nobody knows that. That would have been good. That would have been good, because that's not, that's not really traumatic for her. Well, I guess in comparison is... to a lot of the yeah. other shit she's been through, no. 
Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like for a lot of normal people, yeah, that would probably be pretty jarring. But like for her, that's just that's just a fucking Tuesday, you know. Like that's that just happened. Um, could have even told her your hair was black at one point. Yeah, he wouldn't have known that. Yeah, like I mean, it could have been very There's simple. Just all sorts of um, shit. He he, like yeah. he couldn't have known. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like you're yeah. talking about a royal wedding in the north, bro. Like people fucking on know brand. about that. Yeah, uh, I don't know, and I I place that more on the at the feet of the writers than anything. Like I don't know what why that is the one you have to go with, and it's not that big of a deal. I'm just kind of like it. It just seems like one of those examples of them being like, well, let's torment Sansa a little bit more, you know. Um, her own brother happy happy reunion happy to see yeah. you bran um yeah no longer my brother anymore really you know i mean he's just there um yeah i mean like <laughs> to comment on how much she's been through like like you've gone from to think that you've gone from king's landing to the Vale back home i'm sorry that it happened here like it even just like a little more general you know, a little or not a little more general, a little more specific. Mm. Um, mm. But regardless, um, we're now in an uh, old town where at the Citadel, Archmaester Ebros examines Jorah Mormont's wounds mm. and surmises, huh, interesting. You're fine. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah. OK, well, you would. And Jorah comments, you know, I thought it was just, you know, uh, the rest and the, the climate. Um, the climate. He's like, <laughs> climate. This is the best you could come up with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, what do you come up with? Like, what is? What is what, hey, he's not going to snitch. Here? You know, he's not going to snitch on. No, Sam. real one, real uh, as fuck. Yeah. And I love that. Uh, Ebros is like, one could surmise that uh, it was it was basically picked off and then covered with a soothing gel. Um. Hmm. So Jorah, you can head on home, man. You're all good. Get on out of here. Yeah. This this place is for the infectious, and you are no longer infected. So get on out of here, Samwell. Let's talk later, okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Jorah being like, ah, oh, damn, man. How how bad? How is bad it is it? Yeah. How bad is it for you? And he goes, ah, I'll find out this evening. You know, yeah. um, and like they're they're little. I don't know. This 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 was kind of a cute moment, you know. Like, oh, yeah, dude, I, loved it. I could do. Your father saved me a couple times, um, and and like the little handshake they have. Uh, dude, I loved well, that moment. Yeah, I love because he like, hasn't touched anybody. Exactly, he couldn't. Like, and he was deathly afraid to. But this is like confirmation. He he knows he's not infected anymore. But then having someone be like, and then it's like rem- it's like a reminder, you know. Like Samwell sticks out his hand, and he's like. Like I almost went with Ian Glenn for that single look where he's like, yeah, he's like oh, "Oh my god, oh I, yeah, I can." Touch oh. <laughs> and he he like shakes his hand with his right hand and then puts his left hand on top of it and he's like, yeah. oh. "He's like I can, oh my god, you know." Like I I lo- he thought he was gonna fucking die, you know. Like like he says here, he's like, "I I surrendered to this the moment I saw it. Like mm-hmm. I was prepared to die, or I was gonna kill myself before it killed me." Um, yeah. so, oh, man. you know, I got a, I got a queen to serve, so I got to go find her. Um, yeah. I owe my life to her and to you, you know, saying mm-hmm. like, yeah. And, and to you and saying like, I hope our paths cross again. Um, I know he's, he's part of the suicide squad, right? That goes, goes mm-hmm. up North, but does, uh, do, do Sam and Jorah ever see each other again? They do. Sam gives him, uh, the, his house sword 
before that's the right. Battle of Winterfell. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This would be much better in your hands. That okay. Yes. That's right. Yes. Um, that's at least you know. Um, trying to recall because Jorah doesn't. Jorah shows up in Dragonstone. My money, given the pace, next, next episode. episode. Um, yeah. um, probably. Um, that probably makes sense. Let's see, Jorah. Season seven. Because I mean, the way we kick off this episode. Like, we left last episode at Winterfell with John and Davos leaving Winterfell. We start this episode, and they are arriving in Dragonstone. Pretty sure Old Town is closer to Dragonstone than Winterfell. So, Yeah, the uh, Sam's sure. offered hand and gratitude before leaving, and then the next thing on his synopsis is, after leaving the Citadel, Jorah makes his way to Dragonstone, where he finally is reunited with Daenerys. So there we go. Um, and then, ah, that's right. That's I was wondering how they prove they prove or like capture the white. Um, that is the point of the Suicide Squad, right? To just to go and and get proof of um, the Night King and and the whites and everything, um, because it says it, during Dora attends a meeting there where Tyrion suggests they should capture a white and bring it to Cersei, thus proving the army of the dead is marching upon Westeros. So. And then, yeah, and then he leaves right after that. Okay, Suicide Squad, um, team up. Wow. Yeah, and then it's all, he's all north there. Then he's at the negotiation in the Dragon Pit. Yeah. And that's right, yeah, and, okay, wow. Oh, yeah, all right. But, uh, yeah, I'm like, he's going to be in the north all of season eight until he dies. Um, Man. Yeah, that is that is a sad one, if I remember correctly. No, yeah, definitely the biggest loss of that episode, um, to be sure. But uh, which is kind of surprising. We can talk about that when we cross that bridge. But like, that will be season eight. So you know, we yeah. got we got some more time. We're like, oh no, the biggest battle against the dead we've ever fucking seen. We lost Jorah and Theon. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess Melisandre goes, the Dothraki go. Some of them. A lot of them are fine. Yeah, no other big people. John yeah. stares. Is that the when he stares and just screams back at it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. That's like, that episode actually fucks. I like, mean, the Night King. Is, yeah. That's a pretty big one. Um, that's, that's, a pr- that's a pretty big one. Um, but uh, Fair enough. Yeah, no, but... Uh, Regardless, uh, later on in private, Ebros chastises Sam for embarking on an illegal healing procedure due to the high risk of infection. Nevertheless, he praises Sam for his success, noting that it was an extraordinarily difficult operation and asks for the secret of his success. And he says, well, I, uh, I read the book. Um, and I, I did what it said. Um, so it went pretty smooth for me. Um, and Ebros, uh, congratulates Sam by telling him to make fresh copies of several old manuscripts and scrolls to their knowledge uh, so they can be preserved. And uh, Damn. he's like, what, do you expect to be rewarded? Your reward is not being expelled. You get to stick around. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I don't know. Sam likes to read, you know. And But uh, for me, if I write something down, it is, like, in my memory forever. So, like, reading is one thing. But if I write something, I feel like this is just an even better way. Whatever he has to write down, he will know forever. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't think anything came from this, like in a scroll where he's like, ah, learn something new or something. But I think this is just another task he has to do. Um, and like, I was, 
just think it like this is probably all they do like all the time. Like yeah. how many pay, like r- scrolls do you think are rotting away? Like it's a constant probably cycle of just doing this over and over and over. Um which is hey man, I cherish the written word. But yeah. this is one of those things where I'm so fucking glad the we internet. have typing. Very um, nice. Yeah, just to have uh, we have it for well, unless all of them I guess it is the equivalent of burning down a library, but you would just yeah. have to burn down uh, massive servers. Yeah, uh, Google and Facebook and all of their yeah. their buildings that they protect more than honestly some God, of our Samuel would fucking nut if he saw a computer, bro. Yeah, he would. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, he would. <laughs> He'd be like, "What the fuck?" I can is read that anything thing? from this one screen. I can learn anything. Yeah, um, no, he'd love it. He'd love it, but. Uh, we're next at Dragonstone, and I believe this is where we will conclude the episode. No, no, we go to oh, wow. We have a couple locations left. Three of them. Mm. Wow. Ah, that's right. Okay, we've been taking our time on this one. Uh, at Dragonstone, John and Davos arrive and are immediately greeted by Tyrion and Masande upon meeting. And Tyrion addresses John as the bastard of Winterfell, and he and John in turn addresses him as the dwarf of Casterly Rock. And the two share a friendly grin, and John observes that he's picked up some scars along the way. And he's and Tyrion says, "Yep, but we're still here, you know. Like I, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it so much." Uh, but uh, yeah. you're gonna have to tell me how, you know, a Night's Watch recruit became king of the North, and he, and then I think he's like, "You're gonna have to tell me how the fucking Lannister, how a Lannister. The queen, yeah, the hand of the queen, um, for Daenerys Targaryen, yeah. um." A nice reunion there with uh, yeah. John and, and Tyrion, and then uh, a, a re- not a reunion, but a meeting the that first is long, union. long awaited. I loved, I loved the entire walk up there. It was, it's the best, we uh, best use of this whole place we've gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. Davos is introduced to Tyrion, and Tyrion's heard of him. You know, ah, the Onion Knight. We faced off. At the Battle of Blackwater Bay, he's like, not lucky enough for me. Um, Sadly for me. Yeah. Yes. The wrong uh, side of that one. But- <laughs> Tyrion introduces Masande, um, and Davos is quite taken immediately by Masande. Um, yeah, which, just trying to make small can, yeah. talk, but also like, ooh, uh, like, where are you from? I don't, I can't place the accent. I have no. never seen a woman yeah. this fine, uh, yeah. is basically what Davos is getting at here. Um, yeah. I love how they're like, Kind of making it seem like a trap right away too. Like, all right, your weapons, please. And the Dothraki carry like the boat away, yeah. and they're like looking back, like, ah, oh, shit. They're like, oh, of damn. course. You know, John's yeah. like, yeah, all right, it's no. cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, on the walk to the castle, Masande talks to Davos briefly, and <laughs> Davos remarks, you know, it was a paradise full of palm trees, and he looks at John and he goes, "This place has changed." Um, Talking about Dragonstone and how there are now attractive people here. Um, wow, yeah, uh, very, yeah. Um, I mean, I, Do- usually we don't see Davos like this, you know. Like, he's, no, yeah, that's what makes it like really cute is that yeah. he's like he's extremely. He, I love when this show does like normal human things mm-hmm. in a fantasy old timey realm. Like mm-hmm. this dude immediately crushing on Natalie Emmanuel. Uh, makes all the sense in the fucking world 
uh, this woman is fucking gorgeous. Of course, you immediately yeah. meet her and are like, wow. <laughs> Hi. You know? Hey. Tell me everything about you. Hey. And she gives him, like, a cup, you know, a couple sen- I think, like, one or two sentences. And then just kind of. Yeah, no, she's short spoken. You know, she's, she's, yeah. she's not one for many words, but, uh, so I was just like, man, okay, I'm gonna talk to you more. Uh, but, uh, John and Tyrion talk about Sansa briefly. You know, and Tyrion's like, a sham marriage, never consummated. And John's like, I didn't ask. And he's like, I just wanted to let you know, um, I never had sex with your sister. Um, okay, cool. Cool to get that, uh, confirmed. You know, I, uh, uh, that is yeah, just a, a weird thing to say, but I guess good to get out there. You know, oh, and I loved, I loved them talking about it. And Tyrion goes, uh, "She's smarter than she lets on," and he goes, "She's starting to let on," and he's, he's like, like good. "Good," you know. I fucking loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, John is aware of the uh, fate of previous Starks who have met with the Mad King, and John insists that you know he is not a Stark. Enter dragons flying overhead. Um, yeah, I'm not a Stark. It's a good thing, a good oh. thing I'm not a Stark. You know, like we get the fucking Targaryen theme basically right oh, yeah. after that. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and sometimes I'm just like, now nah, how the how the fuck, you know? Like, uh, I think at this point I knew, but like there are so many tips of the cap that John is a Targaryen over the course of the show that like, I don't, uh, it feels so on the nose in that moment, but it is still subtle enough to where if you don't know, like you're not going to put it together. Um, I guess after the, the, what was it? The end of last, or was it this seat? When was the cut from him being born to season six finale? So it, it were, it's confirmed that Liana is the mother, but like, so I guess yeah, it's not confirmed that Rhaegar is the father. It's not I a guess, huge leap to take, but that it's really, Rhaegar's son. You really would have to think about it, I guess. Yeah. The thing that is a leap is that he's legitimately a Targaryen. He's still a bastard. If they're not, if they weren't married, like that's the thing is that like the the revelation at the end of this season, they do veil the end of season six enough to make you think like. Hmm. Like you gotta have a pretty yeah, because I guess luster sense of media literacy to not gather that Liana is giving birth to Rhaegar's son because we keep like the way that he got in there was fighting Rhaegar's guards and knights and men, mm-hmm. and then gets up the stairs and she says, "If Robert finds out, he'll kill him." Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess like the we don't know they're married. We it's not yeah, like the the big revelation right at the end of the season yeah. is that he is legitimately the heir, not just like Gendry the Baratheon is the heir. Like no, yeah. um, okay. you know, like uh, okay, yeah, yeah, because the viewer does not know that they were married yet, right? Like that's yeah, that no, does we, we don't know that until uh, we're okay. coming up on that. There's a little. There'll be a little tidbit. I'm assuming again next episode, where mm. Sam Wells reading a scroll and he says something about a secret wedding being held at, or I think Gilly says something about a secret wedding. Oh, She's shit. reading from a book, 
and yeah. Sam just kind of like goes like Sam's just kind of like ugh like skips over mm. it doesn't listen she's bothering him and but she makes a mm. comment about a secret wedding held at the Tower of Joy or something um yeah okay but uh yeah no a lot of a lot of great stuff coming up in season 7 but John and Davos are startled at the sight of Drogon and Viserion flying over and uh dive to the ground while an amused, amused Masande and Tyrion remain upright and offering John a hand up, Tyrion says, I wish I could tell you that you'd get used to it. Uh, but again, one of those great moments where people are introduced to an even bigger and better side of the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gotten the real dark side of yeah. the mystical, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so exactly. seeing dragons. How do they not use this? How does John not use this to prove his point? No one believed there were dragons at all until they see them. Like, even though that they are real and they all have done things, people still maybe not think they're real until they see them. John being like, I don't know how he doesn't use this to, like, counter. Like, uh, be like, yeah, what I saw is is kind of the same thing, but way worse. Uh, they are not on our side, um, the people I saw. So, I don't I know. Think, I think uh, it's it's... The thing I am pretty sure he wouldn't be able to use that for is that dragons are known to have existed. Mm, okay. Yeah. Like they are a years, part yeah. of the King's Landing or mm-hmm. of Westeros there history. Are souls there, literally um, of them. Yeah. That's uh, why like it, it would be a little complicated, but like to your point, like he definitely could have been like, and nobody thought dragons would ever return, you know, like nobody ever thought they'd come back. Nobody ever thought that they would exist. And here they are. I'm telling you, like this is happening. But uh, on the cliffs overlooking the beach, Varys confronts Melisandre about her reluctance to see the king in the north. And she responds to his prodding that she uh, parted on bad terms with the king <laughs> and Davos Seaworth because of terrible mistakes yeah. that she made. Good. Um, good honor. Uh, yeah. At least a little bit now to be like, she's not going to, seemingly she's like, she's done with that. Um, like, she, she, she understands. Like, I think Davos... Like Davos being so pissed definitely, off, and, and, and like definitely yeah, your god is evil if if uh, if you're doing this, and um, at least you know I, she doesn't really have the opportunity to sacrifice any more children at the stake. But um, seemingly she's she's passed. I don't that think now. she would if she could. Uh, I think yeah. uh, that was the nail in the coffin on that for her. Uh, but she says that now that she has brought ice and fire together. She will end her previous habit of whispering mm. in the ears of kings and indicates her intention to travel to Volantis. And Varys is even like, yeah, I don't think you should come back. Might yeah. not be safe. <laughs> I Why? love that Varys is just like, I'm going to kill anybody who uses dark magic now. Like, that's that's just my okay. policy. There it is. I was it's like, just my I, policy. I was... Yeah, that is fair. Okay, I was I, I was wondering what the the tension between them was. Like, or, I guess uh, in like, Essos, it's like this is where y'all belong, kind of. Like y'all, like Volantis and 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 all that. Like that's where the red priestesses come from. Ashai, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not going to eradicate you there. You come over to Westeros, though. Let's talk about it. I'm here to protect these people, and y'all ain't y'all ain't right. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna fuck you up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Okay. But it was it was cool seeing Varys like this a little bit, being like, "Yeah, I don't think you should come back," mm. you know. Uh, and Mel would not be safe like, for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that is okay. Melisandre's uh, like, ah, "I'm gonna come back. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna come back one more time." 
You know, I'm I'm destined to die in Westeros. Just like you, she says to Varys. Now, do you think it's it's obvious foreshadowing for the way that Varys does go out as it pairs with last episode where Daenerys says, you know, if you betray me, I will burn you alive. Um, how does she betray? Or how does Varys betray uh, Daenerys? I'm pretty sure he kind of wants Jon Snow to be king. He sees her going down a dark path and thinks Jon would be a better candidate. Um, I see. And that's kind of the catalyst for her entire thing is that everyone loves Jon more than they love her. And Jon doesn't love her either anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, but, I forget uh, how he goes. Uh and then now I'm looking looking at it. Yeah. Now I remember. Now look. Yeah. Um do you think Missande is simply using her little wiggly her red wiggly woos um to be like uh to gleam his future a bit? Or do you think this has anything to do with the red priestess telling Varys, Would you like to know who spoke to you? Would you like to know what they said? Do you think there is some sort of destiny he was given in that moment? Because I started, I started going full Joe. I started going full Joe mode here um, when I heard this. Um, yeah, because that came from the, the high high priestess or whatever. Yes, uh, yeah, that she was like, that. yeah, and like, yeah, they they do know. And I, I'd say he does die in a very pain burnt fire. So maybe this is like very clear to see. For her, um, do you think? I'm just. This is this is way unfounded. There is nothing that backs this theory. But if he was, those are my favorite. Yeah, you know, like. Uh, do you think there's any chance that his little birds are just a cover to justify how he knows so much? Maybe he practices a chance that well? during this ritual in which this this occurred unto Varys and he heard a voice in the flames and he heard that he was granted some sort of capability. Yeah, his future, what he saw. Because mm. um, what he would see, what would he see? He would see Daenerys and Jon coming together, I guess. Like, maybe he knows this. Uh, when he figures out that Jon is the rightful heir, is he, like, very surprised? You know, is he like, what the fuck? Or is he like, I don't know. Because, you know, I see right here, he does. Varys confronts Jon on his birthright. Um, yeah, because if I recall correctly, the revelation Tyrion of John the Targaryen Varys. makes the rounds very quickly. Um, yeah. Apparently Tyrion tells Varys of Jon's parentage. Yeah. Uh, is Which makes like. Daenerys think that Tyrion is also a traitor, um, by the way. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah so that was my that was my fun theory of the episode. It was like, is there something more yeah. to Varys' capabilities than just having little birds and spies everywhere? I like um, that. Or if if just in that ritual, like he, that's why he's so motivated. You know, sort of thing. Right, is like he, right. he knows the part that he has to play. Um. Yeah, I like I like it just being a front. Uh, it could be both, you know, a little bit of both. He knows the big events that will happen, but as far as the little things, he still needs his mm. birds and, right, and everything right. for that. But but 
Yeah, um, I like I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention to him a little a little yeah. closer now. Yeah, but uh, after this, in the throne room here, after Masande introduces Daenerys by her many titles, uh, Queen uh, the Queen of the Seven Kingdoms, the Andals and the First Men, the Unburnt, the Breaker of Chains, the Mother of Dragon, uh, Misa, mm-hmm. uh, all all that, and John looks at Davos like. I think you're supposed to do something here. And Davos goes, this is Jon Snow. He's king of the north. Um, All right, Davos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could have. I don't know. I guess he's never been called. And, you know, he's never been named anything. But he has a lot of things he could be named for. Um, I, I have a shirt that goes yeah, through them like all. Beater of the Bastards, 998th Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, King in the North, yeah. rightful heir of yeah. the Seven Kingdoms, yeah. Aegon Targaryen. It'd be crazy if Davos was just like, oh yeah, by the way, John, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're Aegon Targaryen. Uh, Spoilers, uh, yeah, but, uh, you're, you're the rightful uh, heir, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm dunk on Daenerys right now for her thinking she is. Um, yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, Daenerys, uh, Daenerys, Daenerys looks at John and, and thanks him, but uh, refers to him as a lord for traveling so far. And Davos is like, I'm sorry, m'lady. Uh, I'm sorry, your grace, I should say. Uh, but mm-hmm. this is this is not a lord. This is the king in the north. And she's like, forgive me. But uh, if, as I recall, there hasn't been a king in the north since Torrin Stark uh, when he bent the knee to my ancestor, Aegon the Conqueror. Um, and adds that the oath lasted for perpetuity. And Danny's like, I'm sorry, Tyrion, what does perpetuity mean? And Tyrion goes, forever. Um, yeah. There's uh, this air about Tyrion whenever he's like at Daenerys' side that he affects that's like, it's not out of character, but it's extremely smug um, and mm. very like. He knows that they hold the cards. He knows that they hold the power. So he's not afraid to be like, yeah, no, means forever. You know, like the way mm-hmm. he said it, he said it smugly with like a little smile on his face. Like y'all are going to bend the fucking knee today. Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah. I kind of, I guess I read it as more of like, he knows John and like, I think he, he, he is on Daenerys' side, but um, I think like when John starts to talk, he's kind of like, hesitant to be like you two shouldn't be you know he doesn't like them going back and forth like this Mm -hmm. uh he doesn't you know just just daenerys is like trying to put him down a lot you know just being being trying to put herself up top and and uh i think Tyrion, he's probably more on daenerys's side uh three dragons massive armor like i think i think he is um but he sees that like i don't i think he's He's he sees through all of this like the petty stuff they're going through right now. Like we need he they need the ally, and right now Daenerys is not doing a good job of convincing Jon to become an ally. Um, and yeah, I, hmm. And maybe it's just he's you know in the seat of power now. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I, I do think there's, there's more nuance to it than what I said. I think that you're right in that he's, he's definitely trying to create an ally, but, uh, I do think that there's a little bit of a, cause this is early. This is very early. John hasn't really gone back at her yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. he's, he's like, it does mean forever, you know? So like, if, if it can be easy, if it is just, it, it means forever, you bend the knee right now, that's it, that's cool. But if not, we'll figure it out later. Um, Mm-hmm. But uh, 
John reminds her, you know, um, no, I'm probably, probably not going to bend the knee. Not today. Um, and Danny's like, oh, so you're breaking faith with House Targaryen. And John's like, breaking faith? I don't know if you know, but your dad burnt my grandfather and my uncle um, mm-hmm. alive. And Daenerys immediately apologizes for her father's actions and stresses that children should not be punished for the crimes of their parents. To which John is like, we're on the same yeah. page there. Yeah, we're on that, the same yeah, page there. Um, uh, he uses it against her as well. He's like, ah, well, if if I'm, you know, that means I am. I don't have to behold my to ancestors' yeah. vows. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, but I, I, at least they're, you know, they agree on some things, you know, because hmm. this is literally what he just did in the north to give uh, the Karstark yeah, exactly. and uh, Umbers. Yeah, Umbers. That's right. Their their homes back. Um. So I don't know. Kind of kind of cool there um yeah, but yeah i love sounds like i i came here for your help man <laughs> uh, and you need mine mm, and danny's like please i have three dragons please Fuck tell me how for. yeah yeah please tell me now um, did you see the dothraki out there or the unsullied or the yeah. three dragons what what do i need you for um they are hard to miss he said or yes, something like yes that. Like, yeah um, and getting to the point John likens the fighting between the great houses to children squabbling over a game. And John points out that the army of the dead is their true enemy. Daenerys is skeptical, going, Tyrion, you said you vouched for this man, and since he's showing up, he has uh, refused my rule. He has called me a child. And mm-hmm. Daenerys goes a figure of speech, or Tyrion goes a figure of speech, my lady. It's, he's uh, calling all of us children, actually. He's calling, he's calling all of us children. Uh, <laughs> And uh, Tyrion continues to vouch for him, but John says that they need to make cause. They need to make cause to fight against the army of the dead. And Daenerys asks if John knew if his father knew that his best friend had sent assassins to kill her as a baby, not knowing that Ned had patently opposed the assassination of Daenerys. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, resigned as hand of the king over it. Um, mm. Okay, yeah, he's. I didn't know that. I didn't remember that part. But I, I knew Ned was Ned was against it. Yeah, it's just like, again, sins of the father. You're kind of being a little hypocritical here. Like yeah. you're blaming John for all of this stuff again. It's like ah, you just you just said that a little bit ago. I don't I don't I don't know. Um, but there, Danny does go on a little bit of a tear here. You know, I was targeted by assassins. I was uh, I was sold like cattle. I was raped, defiled. But I I always kept faith. Not in gods or a higher power, but in myself. And Daenerys talks about the miracle of dragons hatching and the Dothraki crossing the Narrow Sea. And when Daenerys reiterates that she is destined to rule the Seven Kingdoms, Jon retorts that the, he will, she will be ruling over a graveyard if the Night King is not yeah. defeated. I was talking about a little bit of a god complex here, and this is yeah, kind of this confirmation. Quite literally that. Here. Um, uh, yeah, no gods. That what, what are they to me? I am the rightful ruler of the seven. I, and I, in, in it, she means well, you know, like oh, she yeah, does no. want to do the right thing, but I love the, the trope of like a ruler who wants it so badly is not really fit, but someone who doesn't want it at all is like more, mm-hmm. um, apt to rule, um, and, and stuff like that. And that's, my line does come from that a little bit later. Uh, it like wraps all of that into one, uh, sort of yeah. thing. Um, which which I do love, but 
Um, but yeah, yeah Tyrion this- says, you know, we can't split our forces. And Davos begins to speak up on behalf of John. You know, he he says that hype uh, man. Oh, dude, I love Davos. <laughs> this like, is awesome right here. You're you were the uh, first person to bring the Dothraki to to Westeros. Well, he's the first person to unite the Wildlings and the Northmen. Um, you know, he uh, he mm-hmm. was Night's Watch, and he fought the he was uh, the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, and he fought the White Walkers, and. He took, you know, he he fought and defended his people. He took a knife in the heart for his people. And John John looks yeah. at him like, "Hey, no, 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 we don't talk about that. All right, we yeah. don't, we don't play." He's that. About to say, no. He died, or he's about to say he died for his people. But then they were like, "Ah, you know, I don't know." But like, I don't know. I feel like that that just kind of why not let that out? You know, like because Daenerys she, she does bring it back up later. She's like to Tyrion, she's like. He said he took a knife in the heart. Is that a figure of speech? And then Tyrion's like, ah, the North's fucking crazy, you know? Just yeah, don't, no, don't pay I, much mind to I it. Think, but, I think, first of all, John doesn't like to acknowledge it. I don't think John likes to think about it. I don't think he wants to mm-hmm. acknowledge the fact that he was dead and now he's alive. Um, I, I think the other thing is that he's got enough to convince them of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and doesn't, he, he doesn't like being talked up either. He hates yeah, just even that. No, like he's like, you're so. really building me up, and this ain't it. You know, like it's it's okay. Yeah, I appreciate mm-hmm. you, but I, I don't love yeah. this. Um, yeah, and, and I do think more than anything, it's just you know I'm trying to convince them that the dead walk, and now you're telling them that I died and I'm walking. Ah, uh, that's uh, fair. <laughs> the army of the dead. Uh, by the way, I also died yeah. um, one time. So. Yeah, Fair. so I think it's just a little bit of a tactical, like, it, it, it does bring home the point that he's a good man, but at this moment in time, it might not be what we need to reveal. Um, mm-hmm. And Davos says it doesn't matter who bends the knee, as if they uh, they don't put aside their enmities uh, and focus on the undead, they will all die. But Tyrion doesn't see the point of Jon's refusal to submit. He's like, well then, if that's the case, you might as well bend the knee. Fuck it, man. Like, this is alright. Um... And John's like, I'm sorry, my, my, uh, your grace, but I don't think you're a queen. Um, yeah. you, <laughs> I've just met you as yeah. well. I, um, it's it's completely unreasonable for, for you to think that I would bend the knee. I have no idea who you are. I've been declared king of the north. I can't just do this to my people. Like, they, this is not what they expect. This isn't what they want. Mm-hmm. And she's like, all right, well, then you're an open rebellion. Um, yeah. And Daenerys, Varys quickly ushers into the uh, throne room. Um, uh, we gotta talk. Uh, and we... Daenerys is like, "Well, forgive me, everyone. Let's get you set up in some quarters. You guys go take a bath. Everything's gonna be okay. Enjoy your time here, you know." And Jon's like, "So am I your prisoner?" And she says, "Not yet." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Man, that... All this is really incredible. Jon is a top contender for my favorite character of the episode. Um, again, as he was last week. Um, and depending on where your split falls, um, mm. I, I wanted to ask or... if, if we should give the double because I mean this this will be the last time we can. Um, but yeah, I, if not, I was that's who I was going to go with just for him gotcha. being who he gotcha. is. Yeah, um, no, I've got uh, I've got an or going on as well. There are definitely two top contenders, and we'll get to the other one before long. Mm-hmm. But uh, Varys tells her that the uh, Targaryen fleet was ambushed by Euron Greyjoy's Iron Fleet in the Narrow Sea, and he informs her that Yara Greyjoy, Ilaria Sand, and her daughter were captured. And in response to the grim news, Daenerys allows Jon and Davos to stay until they can reach a proper arrangement. 
She's like, mm-hmm. okay, so I've lost a lot of my allies. Fuck. Let's go ahead yeah. and talk it through. Um, <laughs> but later on, John is brooding while Tyrion attempts to do so. Um, and, uh, you know, I loved a little. He's like, uh, I came here to brood, but uh, you are, uh, it seems you already are. You make me feel like I'm failing at brooding over <laughs> failing, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, this. This all these little com- like all these conversations are great. Like Dragonstone, incredible. Was, was the Dragonstone stuff the was time. fantastic this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, John is quite unhappy. You know, I'm a prisoner on this island. He's like, I wouldn't say you're a prisoner. You know, you're walking around, and you know, <laughs> he's like, but you have my boat, and it's like, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, we're, I'm a prisoner here while the White Walkers and the Night King still pose a threat. And Tyrion says that he trusts the word of Gior. He trusts the word of John. And, you know, what is known to the many doesn't mean as much to him as the words of a trusted few. And John asked Tyrion how he can convince people about the existence of things which they can't believe in. Mm. And John wants to help his people and is frustrated with the deadlock. And Tyrion encourages him not to give up. Um, And when John remarks that he is a fool for going south, Tyrion reassures him that the Mad King's daughter is not her father and has protected people from monsters and telling him to speak with her servants. A lot of them are here because of her. Um, mm-hmm. Just see what they see what they think of her. And uh, yeah. John turns to walk away, and Tyrion's like, but is there anything, you know, is there anything reasonable you can ask for? It's not reasonable for you to ask her to go fight an enemy she doesn't know exists. It's not fair, to, like, she can't just go north on the word of some dude she's never met. So mm-hmm. is there anything reasonable you can ask for? Um and that's when he reveals, you know, he's there for some dragon glass. And after learning about it, Tyrion speaks with Danny about John's request. And uh, Danny is preoccupied with, he's like, so I've lost, uh, you know, the Greyjoys and Dorn. One mm-hmm. fell swoop and you want to talk about fucking glass. Yeah, and, uh, um, we don't have allies. We need allies. Jon Snow, yeah, a seems potential like a good ally. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, uh, you know, this, I love like the, in the little line, he's like, as a wise man once said, uh, and I forget what he is, is this like, you think this is actually him? And he's like, oh, oh shit, 100%. Like, he's like, Just oh shit, she caught me. No one else. Performance of Peter Dinklage. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, what's no. funny is he's never pulled this off. Masande yeah, I... earlier, Masande goes, who said that? And she, he goes, I did, but he admits to it. Yeah. Just, just right away. It. He's like, yeah, I did. Uh, just right now, and that that was kind of the what the conversation was about too, like uh, conversations in elegant rooms, blah blah yeah. blah, or whatever. I uh, would so, never do that. Yeah, to you. Yeah, to you. <laughs> um, uh, man. And I but, wish we got a few more moments like this between Daenerys and Tyrion. It shows that they've got like it's such yeah. a heavy, big thing they're embarking upon that they don't get moments to really be just people and. Mm-hmm. Daenerys being like, are you quoting yourself and framing it as ancient wisdom? And no, your grace, I would never do that Mm. to you. And uh, she just kind of like smiles and walks away a little bit. But uh, uh, well, amidst all of this, you know, she she asks, you know, he said something about him taking a knife in the heart for his people. And Mm -hmm. she's like, ah, they're. You need to allow the North their flights of fancy. They mm-hmm. they don't. It's not exciting up there. So that's it's what it is. Um, yeah. But while Danny is watching over her dragon, she is joined by John, 
And Danny tells John that she named her dragons Rhaegal and Viserion after her brothers Rhaegar and Viserys. Named them after uh, your dad and your uncle. Um, and John realizes that Tyrion has uh, been uh, petitioning her. You know, Danny tells John she is determined to remove Cersei, and she allows John to mine the dragon glass and agrees to provide men and equipment. Um, I love the one when they're talking about Tyrion. Uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> She says something about talking to Tyrion. He goes, ah, he does love to talk. And Daenerys goes, yes, we all love what we're good at. Is There's the line uh, right here. Um, Like, yeah, I don't. Like, it's, like, Daenerys is good at ruling. She likes it. She enjoys it. She, like, she likes the fight. Like, I don't know, she likes it. Uh, Jon, he does not. Not at all. Like, he's... He's doing what is necessary to protect his people, but he, he like, kind of doesn't hate every moment of it, um, but just wish it could be going a different way. Um, Furthermore, I'd even, I'd even argue this about uh, fighting and killing. Yeah, no, he's, that, that is, he is the, probably one of the greatest swords there is right now. Yeah, I mean, there's And I think Arya. that also applies to both of them. Yeah. We all enjoy what we're so, good at. And she's good at riding her dragon around and causing some fucking damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's like, I Kinda. don't love it. Um, Man, but, uh, John might be the character. Like, yeah, it's just a strong like, fucking character or... moment. Man, um, reminds it always reminds me of Wolverine uh, going like, uh, "I'm the best at what I do, and what I do, it ain't pretty." You know, yeah. like, uh, mm. does it does hurt, hurt every time? Every time, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, like. Uh, just just classic shit like that um mm-hmm. yeah. i remember before uh before he was cast as dane whitman in eternals that was a top top fan cast for me he's a little dude he's like five six would have been perfect um, kid harrington yeah wow i didn't know that dude small um, um five seven maybe oh like uh five eight what google oh, okay. says um huh, i'd be okay. willing to bet that google gives gives everybody an entry yeah shoot. gives um, me some faith um yeah. a little bit there uh short kings what, uh, oh yeah the- no kid harrington's oh. a little dude but uh, there's a there's a cut scene in uh i don't know if you've ever seen the movie with zach efron and adam devine it's called uh, mike and dave need wedding dates it came out in 2016 it also has anna kendrick and aubrey plaza absolutely hilarious strongly recommend uh but it came out in 2016 so um there's this uh there's this post credit scene during the bloopers and stuff where uh <laughs> You know, Zach Efron comments like, I need to get caught up on Game of Thrones. And uh, and Adam Ravine goes, Jon Snow, dead. He goes, no way, Jon Snow died? And uh, Adam Ravine goes, fuck that dude, I'm taller than him anyways. Um, <laughs> so, like, uh, that, I think that's uh, what spurred me to look into how tall Kid Harrington wow. was. And I was like, oh okay. yeah, he's, he's, he's not a tall guy, but he's, he's, I mean, he's not a short guy either. He's just kind of normal, normal stature. Okay. Um, but definitely presents a much more imposing figure than uh, you would you would you would assume. Um, mm-hmm. But oh, uh, yeah. he's like uh, she, when she gives him that permission, he's like, "So you believe me about the Night King and the White Walkers?" He's like, "Please tell me you believe me." Like, yeah. God damn! Um, and I just get like, to work. Get to work. <laughs> yeah, like and that. he's like, and then he walks off and he's like, "Just fucking make oh, a deal." No fucking one believes me. Whatever. Damn, damn it. Uh, yeah. yeah. How did they not see it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, at least yeah. give him something by giving him nothing. 
Uh, you didn't even know the dragon glass was there. So yeah, this is kind of a no-brainer uh, for yeah. Daenerys here. Um, but yeah, all the while in the waters of the narrow sea nearby, Theon Greyjoy is fished aboard by one of the few surviving ships of Yara's fleet. When the Ironborn questioned him on what happened, Theon lies and mentions that he tried to tried in vain to save her, and they are unimpressed, saying that if he had tried, he would have died. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And just so walk away. Everyone just walks away from him, and he's just shivering on the floor there. It's like, all right, uh, damn. Uh, might be the only living Greyjoy left uh, for you guys, you know, other than Euron. And if you like, it doesn't seem they like Euron um, all that much right now, but maybe they're swaying more to his side now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, but. Uh... Yeah, that concludes that there, and then we head to the Chamber of the Painted Table one last time, where Danny confers with Tyrion, Varys, and Masande. And Danny proposes going out with her dragons to hunt Euron's fleet. And Masande is the first to chime in that it's too dangerous. All it takes is one arrow, and everyone continues to argue against it, saying they have no idea where Euron is, and all it would take is one to get her. And, uh... It's just too unsafe, and Tyrion thinks that the Lannisters will put up a fierce fight at Casterly Rock. Tyrion tells her that the gates and walls are impregnable. However, his father Tywin assigned him the sewers in his youth, and uh, Tyrion tells them he built a secret tunnel through a cove to bring in prostitutes, and then again he reiterates, uh, the castle is impregnable, but as a good friend of mine once said, give me (laughs) ten good men, and I'll impregnate the bitch. That's right. Um, That is right. Ah, man, love Love, uh, like, just, my dad found the lowest person to do the sewers. I did a little something for myself, you know, yeah. might as well. Uh, and it comes back to to help them take Castle Rock. Because the whole army isn't there, but they still had, you know, a little bit of, you know, some people mm-hmm. there uh, to, to give them somewhat of a fight. Um, but, yeah, once once Grey Room got up in there, it was uh, swiftly over um, after that. And it... It did kind of suck to be like Graver being like, "Where are they? There should be many more." And then you just get that pan, and yeah. then just their whole fleet's going bye bye. It's like, ah, damn, dude. And like, I love the cut back and forth as Tyrion's talking about Castle Rock. It's showing them, like he's saying, many people will die. Yeah. You you know, they're climbing the walls, and then as he's saying, well they're very in well there. Um, and like, it, it's seeming that it is very much going their way. You're like, oh wow, they're. It's it's seemingly pretty effortless for them, and then completely turns on him. Um, My um, and this is a good scene. There's there's one tiny thing with the dialogue that annoyed the shit out of me. I just a general writing rule. He says that Casterly Rock is impregnable. Then he continues to talk for a little bit, and then he says again. Casterly Rock is impregnable. That first time he should not have said it was impregnable. You know, it, it's impo- it's impossible to in- it, like it's impossible. Just different to word choice there. Just yeah. just like that's a no fucking brainer. Like, mm-hmm. or he should have said, "Give me ten good men and I'll impregnate the bitch earlier." Like, it, mm-hmm. just one way or the other. But like, ref- like because no matter what, I think you need to get that call back in there. I do. That's a great, that's a great fucking mm-hmm. line. But don't say impregnable twice. Like, that's just that, because if it was like at the beginning of the monologue and at mm-hmm. the end of the monologue, maybe. It was like two sentences apart. And I was like, yeah. ugh. It's just a, a writing wow. geek 
for yeah, me. I guess I didn't even um, really. Re- I was distracted by all the the action going on. I was. Yeah, no, really don't get me wrong. Like, it's still it. a cool scene, and it's yeah. it's it's extremely minor. It's just a personal mm-hmm. pet peeve of mine. If you if you reuse words, come on D and D. Yeah, this, like it's just it's kind of a no brainer. It's kind of just like a, a general rule. Yeah, you kind of caught this in like very early on, uh, like in school, like just mm-hmm. uh, word choice. That, that's a very important thing. Yeah. Um, so impenetrable the first time, you know, um, mm-hmm. something. It's just uh, it's it feels feels like it was just somehow that got through is kind of how I looked at it. And Tyrion, like Peter Dinklage says it and you're like, mm. I don't know how nobody. Yeah. Maybe they're just trying to hit the all impregnate the bitch, make it land harder. I don't know. Just to say it twice before and then all impreg, you know, it's impregnable, impregnable, all impregnate the bitch. Yeah. Um, they're teasing it. Like you still... want us to call back to that. Don't you You yeah. want us to. And then he says it again. Uh, but Regardless, uh, that concluded the story there, and then we head to Highgarden, where in the Reach, Jamie Lannister, Randall Tarly, and Bronn lead the Lannister and Rebel forces towards Highgarden, and Olena Tyrell looks out from a balcony and sees the army approaching. Mm. The battle is swift, and uh, the Tyrell soldiers uh, lose Highgarden, and Jamie finds Olena sitting alone in her study, and he confirms that the battle is over, as Olena admits the Tyrell army was, wasn't known for their prowess. And she informs Jamie that Tyrion and Daenerys planned to invade Casterly Rock and thought the main Lannister force would be there. And Jamie, while pouring two glasses of wine, reveals, yes, it was a setup. You know, our, our ancestral home mm-hmm. is now practically worthless, aside from childhood sentiment, but that's not going to keep Cersei on the throne. Um, and the Rock's stores were emptied before they fled, so they're not going to find anything there anyway. And... uh he also states Euron's Iron Fleet will destroy the attacking fleet, leaving the Unsullied Trap deep in Westeros at the mercy of Lannister forces. They'll have to march all the way across Westeros to get back. And meanwhile, the main Lannister army would be far away from the main attack. A strategic move Jaime learned from Rob Stark's attack at the Whispering Wood. Um, mm-hmm. And Olen yeah. is like, ah, yeah, if you... If you learned everything that fast, you'd be the smartest man alive. She's like, yeah, well. He's like, yeah, yeah Tywin always said that I was learner. a little bit of a dumbass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a slow learner. And I, kind of Elena makes a, a fair point of like, uh, yeah, why didn't Tywin just take Highgarden? Take Highgarden. The, the, the gold mines ran dry. And I think it's just they didn't care that they were that much in debt. It was just kind of like, ah, fuck. Like, Appearances. Fine. Um, like it, it, the the crown wasn't but, at war. Like they maintained mm-hmm. the illusion that they were the richest house yeah. in Westeros, and as long as they can do that, doesn't really matter how much money they actually. Yeah, have. if they took Highgarden, it'd be like um, something. Yeah, art. Do you not have money? Did you need? Yeah, yeah maybe the questions would start to 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 yeah, arise so, there. So, and I love the way she's like, ah, well, maybe I'll get to ask him myself. Um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, uh, before long, I, 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 she knows her end is near. That's for sure. Yeah. And Olin is like, so how's it gonna happen? You know, is that uh, you gonna you gonna hit me with the sword? Uh, what well, wasn't that Joffrey's there? What did he call it? Widow's Whale. And uh, he really he was wasn't. a right cunt, wasn't he? I, I almost chose that for my line, uh, yeah. just because it was. I I literally like like I I laughed like just out like I don't know I I love 
uh, Olena's on her way out here. She's just being very brutally honest. She doesn't give oh, yeah. a fuck. Oh, uh, she's yeah. always that way. Anyways, uh, even not in the face of death. So, but now there's an even uh, bigger revelation soon to come to light. But mm-hmm. Olena's like, I did terrible things. I did awful things, or watched terrible things happen at my order, and I have no regrets. But some mm-hmm. of the things I've done, they are nothing compared to what Cersei is, do- is doing. And uh, she tells Jamie that Cersei is a monster. And Jamie says, "Well, that's a matter of opinion, you know. If uh, you know, once everything's over and we've won, do you think anyone's really going to care how we got there? Um, so long as order is restored." And Olena's like, "All right, you fucking idiot. You really love her, don't you?" Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> She's gonna yep. fucking kill you. You know that she will be the It'll death be the, of you. Yeah, he's like, yeah, probably. I think he's like, yeah, probably. He's um, like, yeah, it's certainly a chance. Um, he's like, doesn't really matter discussing it with you though. Now, and she's like, actually, I'm the perfect person to tell. I'm not gonna live much longer. You don't have like, and to that point, Elena asks again how Jamie plans to kill her. And Jamie tells her Cersei's idea of having her whipped through the streets and beheaded at the Red Keep or uh, flayed alive and hanged at the Red Keep. Uh, But he talked her out of those. And he then produces a small vial and empties its contents into one of the glasses of wine, giving it to Elena, who then drinks it after Jamie confirms it will be a painless death. He made sure of it. Oh, okay, good. Just chug. Just, I mean, like, yeah, just break this down. Yeah. Um, But Elena's like, gosh. I would hate to go out like your son, clutching at your throat and choking and bleeding from your orifices and purple yeah. skin. And she's like, not at all what I intended. Mm, yeah. Oh, Jamie, like, like, like maybe I take back uh, yeah. uh, giving you this painless death now, yeah. you know, um, I wondered if he was like actually thinking of just like whipping the sword out, you know, yeah. a little bit, but. What a, I mean, what a way to deliver it. Cause like at first, Jamie's like, why is she talking about my son? Like, why is she yeah. talking about Joffrey? Like, what, what is it? I guess I poisoned her or whatever, but then like, uh, he's a little confused, but then yeah, not at all what I intended in his face, just like, you like see, he's I've like, I've never oh. seen the poison work before. <laughs> um, and then, uh, he, my line of the episode, and I'm gonna go ahead and give Olena the character. I am gonna do it. Uh, my line of the episode is just one of the more iconic ones. Tell Cersei. I want her to know it was me. God, man. What a way to go out. I mean, that's that's why I was I was debating on giving her the double, because we don't see her again. Uh, there is no other opportunity to give her the nod. Um, and yeah, but I, I ended up going with this as my scene, um, because, yeah, I mean, it was either this or Daenerys and Jon. Uh, meeting and you went with that i uh, figured I'd, I'd spread the love a little bit and uh, I, I don't know i thought it was just actually really well done like uh a, a cool conversation they had laid everything out um and a uh, nice end to the episode actually i thought uh, it was like a perfect mm. way to end the episode. damn so um, this got a character a scene and a line um yeah that's true it's a pretty uh it's a pretty um, big, big big little sweep there and it gives have you decided who you're gonna land on character wise you going john do you think? Yeah. I don't think Olena does enough here to earn the clean sweep. I think it's just like John's one of us ought to give fun. her the last little nod, you know? 
John deserves it here. I mean, he's stuck so true to who he is, and like he just in the face of maybe being burned to death by something, you know, in a trap, yeah. he does. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to John. I like um, it. I like it. So let's see. Where does Olena finish? And this will be uh, it. For she her. ends with four, which ties her with Egret, the only other one with four. All right. Um, All right. So, and both of them. We'll end with four. Um, no more for Egret or Olena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two of the two of the strongest supporting characters in the entire show. So I, yeah. I love that they both end up there. Um, and Jon Snow up to fifteen now. Um, yeah. Oberyn at ten and Tyrion yeah, at no, nine. Jon's running away with this thing. It's over. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. ever going to pass Jon. That's it. I mean, um, he is the character uh, of the show. I mean, it just is kind of kind of how it is. Um, and I think he'll probably sure. earn quite a few more uh, before we're done. Oh so, yeah, no, no doubt. But uh, yeah, what are, what are, what are we thinking? What are we thinking rating wise? How how are we coming down? And not quite the nine five of last episode, I don't think enjoyment. But I mean, still a lot of lot of big things happen. Um, well, I guess enjoyment is actually might still be there. I guess critically is more what I'm. I uh, was not quite last episode. Mm. Um. I don't know. I I could be at a nine five. Maybe maybe um, out of the re- seeing Danny and John for the first time was awesome. The Tyrion and John reunion was awesome. Um, I know we're, we're I guess was very heavy on on Dragonstone, but even the alert, um, the the stuff at King's Landing, the torture scenes uh, were good. You're on parading through the street. I mean, there's a there's actually quite a lot a lot of big things that happen. Um, I'd say I'm I'm either at like a nine two five or nine five again. Yeah, yeah, you know, like uh, I go I go nine two five. You know, mm-hmm. it's a strong one. It's a strong one. Uh, I do think there are episodes this season I'll like more, and I think that mm-hmm. uh, uh, this is this is strong nonetheless, though. And I think that you know, critically, it's not it's not falling too far below that. It's it's not last episode, but it's better than the first. Um. It's a big know. gap there, six that seven is, I mean, five huge, nine five. Uh, I think it's it's probably closer to episode two. Like it's, I don't think it's in generally the like it's. Uh, I think it's eight. Yeah, you know? um, uh-huh. like an eight five or eight seven five. Yeah, I'd say is probably where where I could. Go. It was another. Like, it was another really good looking one. One of my favorite shots of the episode was when Jorah is told he can go home, and he's framed in the bottom left corner of the screen, and he looks up to the yeah. window, and it's like shining. Uh, down fucking gorgeous love um, that love that um dragons looked pretty cool uh just flying over dragon dragonstone looked awesome yeah uh, no you, you know right, I'll, like, I'll, up there. Um, i say we go with the 875 i say we give it a little bit there okay we are which would shake it out to an 8.92 um let's see do we have any others 0.92 we have four apparently one of four uh, episode one of season three, Velar Dohiris, uh, and the end of that season, Misa, and another premiere, uh, season four, Two Swords, and now this one uh, at eight nine twos. So, um, on the same level as as some pretty good premieres and some another a good finale as well. Um, so I I can dig. Uh, yeah, perfectly writing. Kind of right in the middle there, still a little bit closer uh, to episode two. 
Yeah, no, I dig it. I dig it. I feel like we landed in a good spot there. But uh, with that, we will conclude this episode of Winter is Blooming. If you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod, where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content for $3 a month. You can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me uh, cost me money to make, and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at pennybloompod, follow on Letterboxd at pennybloompod, follow on Instagram at pennybloompodcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be listening. Uh, remember to continue downloading. That is a huge help. And to keep tuning in as uh, this week our comic book movie coverage continues. Um, mm-hmm. And that'll be a lot of fun. Last week brought us Man of Steel and, uh, and uh, the Wolverine. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this week will bring us the likes of Thor the Dark World and the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Hey, um, couple a uh, couple of sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't underrated like underrated to some uh, good generally uh, generally panned sequels so that's a fun that's a fun week we've got lined up for mm-hmm. us you know after after iron man 3 and the dark knight rises a couple weeks ago this is this is it's cool to see things line up like this in the two a week sort of um yeah. in the two a week sort of vein so that's that's exciting but uh yeah with that i was colton robertson i was joined by joseph george thank you very much homie well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember to come back next week for Season 7, Episode 4. We will continue watching Game of Thrones. We're moving right along. I mean, I can't believe can't believe it's already February next week. Feels like we've done pretty much everything for Season 7 so far in like a week. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're hitting the middle of the road next, uh, next week yeah, of the season. So, kind of yeah. crazy. Yeah, Middle of the season. That's wild. But uh moving swiftly. Yes so. indeed. With that, remember, peace, love, and bloom. And tell Cersei. I want her to know it was me. <laughs> <laughs>